Welcome to the new Abby podcast. We are still in our Reclaim series, and today we are talking about reclaiming power. Before we get started, I have a question for you, and that is, where in your life do you feel like you have the most power and privilege? We are going to jump into uh, back into the book of Luke as we continue our Reclaim series, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 4. Um, and it says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he for 40 days, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. <laughs> Very good description. <laughs> the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by, on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone uh, I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all, his, all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. So uh, this is perhaps a familiar passage of scripture for you if you grew up. Uh, in the church as I did. Uh, the idea of temptation was a big deal uh, in my understanding of the faith, but temptation was framed for me in a pretty specific way. Almost exclusively temptation was partying, drinking, and having sex. Um, and as I read this passage, it's really reframed for me um, the idea of temptation. And so uh, before we even jump into it to just demystify a little bit um, the devil, the tempter, the adversary, whatever you want to call it. I think it's just worth noting that there is in us and among us uh, sometimes an opposition to health, wholeness, love, and peace. Um, and our tempter, our temptations often come in that form right, of something that will pull us away from that health, that wholeness, that love, and that peace. And so what's interesting about the temptation uh, that we see here uh, that Jesus is faced with is this is a temptation about power. This is all a temptation about something uh, that is in Jesus's power to do, right? It's, it's turn the stone into bread, jump off the temple, and then people will worship you, and they will think you're the only way to God, and you will get everything you want. Um, come, I'll show you all the, the kingdoms of the world, and I'll make you over them. It's, it's about being powerful. No good devil is going to say, hey, do you want to ruin your life? Right? And there's no mention in here of debauchery. Like, the devil's not like, hey, why don't you just make some wine while you're here and get drunk, right? It's, hey, do you want to be powerful? And when you go back to Genesis, the conversation and the temptation in the garden 
That question wasn't, do you want to be the devil? The tempting question was, do you want to be God? Do you want power? Do you want people to worship you? Do you want control of these things? And that's an important frame to understand the temptation that the scripture is showing us. This is the temptation that will get humanity, is the temptation to abuse your power. We are not often tempted to do something that is not in our control to do, right? I'm not tempted by, hey, why don't I fly, (laughs) right? I'm tempted to use and abuse the things that are in my power to do. As we talked about earlier, I think it's fascinating that we stand uh, the day after uh, another woman's march, a year after um, really uh, this, this, our society has been rocked by um, women standing up, speaking up, um, shouting their truth, and it's powerful because historically those voices have been powerless. So what Jesus always calls people to and asks us to follow him in is divesting his power, becoming powerless, and not only that, empowering those who have been historically powerless. And so as we stand in a country and in a culture that has had a long history of abuse of power by men, it's extremely powerful when women start to say, hey, I feel empowered now to speak my voice. We have been um, abused by power, we have been oppressed by power, and we have been silenced by power, well, no more. Even the queen Oprah herself is speaking up, which should tell you something's going on, right? And as as Corey was saying, and, and as I was thinking, there are some women who are saying, I don't only want to become, uh, I don't want equality, I want power to now oppress the powers that oppress me. And that is a fine line, and that is some of the temptation that we see in scripture, and that we see every day in our society, is that when oppressed, oppressed people oppress people, hurt people hurt people, and transform people transform people. That's what we talk about in this church. And so as we, uh, as I, as a woman, am, am beginning to see, uh, feel empowered to gain some of that power back, I now have to fight the temptation to say, oh, yeah, well, we're going to, you know, trample on these men and show you what's up, right? Or to say, I'm fighting for the social and economic and political equality of women so that we can have more health, more wholeness, more love, and more peace because that's the way I see it happening. That's the way of Jesus. Say we don't empower the oppressed so they can become oppressor. We empower the oppressed so we can have health and healing and wholeness. And that's a much different conversation. And as we see that society happening, happening, it's very beautiful. It's very moving to see the Me Too movement. It's very moving to see all the women in black at the Golden Globe saying, time's up. It's very moving to see all these things because it is something spiritual, right? We're seeing the way of Jesus manifest in a specific part of our society, and it's so beautiful. And as we are a part of that, we have to not only say, where is my power and what am I giving it to and how am I divesting my power to help the powerless and empower the powerless, but also where am I guarding myself of wanting to become my oppressor? And so I think about it socially and systemically, and I'm like, ah, that is the most tempting thing of humanity, right? We've seen that play out. It's it's all about power. And then it comes down to an individual level, which we talk about here a lot. and power shows up in, in big ways of, yes, oppression and systems. And it shows up in so many small ways, right? 
Like, if anyone in here, probably no one here, and not me, but if, if there are some people in the world who, um, there's like a, a little like twinge of joy that you get when you know you have everything you need to win an argument, <laughs> right? Like, um, again, probably no one here. Um, but it's just like a special moment when you're like, I've got all the facts. <laughs> I've got everything on my side, and I'm about to just really go in. Um, th that's power, right? Those are power dynamics. Um, I remember like when, we, when I started premarital, um, our therapist was like, yeah, well, we're going to go over money, sex, and power. And I was like, power? Like, and now I'm like, oh, power. I get it. Um, the, the difference between relationally, romantically, family, friends, the difference between wanting to win an argument and wanting to solve a conflict is power, right? How powerful do you feel? You feel power enough, powerful enough to win an argument, and you probably won't solve the conflict. Um, there was this um, skit on The Chappelle Show. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like called Home Stenographer, and there was like a full, full-sized human, like, um, like what you carry kids in on your back. And it was a grown man stenographer who was just taking notes on everything. And so then, like, a couple is in an argument, and then one of them is like, um, "Can you read back June 4th, 3 p.m.?" And then the stenographer like goes through. It's like. Uh, you said, I remind you of my mom when I do that. And he's like, see, you know? And then they get in this whole um, argument. And it, I don't know why I love The Chappelle Show, and that one always makes me laugh so hard. Um, but that's, that's the difference, right? So on, on a societal, on a systemic level, we see these big powers that be oppressing and abusing power. And then we get little hints um, in our own spirit of, of what will make me be great, right? What will make me win? What will make me, you know, like Micah said, is we get, we use religiously, right? What actions will, will have me um, be seen as great and worshipped? And that is the temptation, right? The temptation of Jesus is throw yourself off of this temple and everyone will worship you and think you are great. And then you will have rule over all these kingdoms, right? Because that's the great temptation is not do you want to be awful? Do you want to ruin your life? Do you want to be God? Do you want to be great? Do you want to win? Do you want power? And how that shows up and how we respond to that is, is in our reclaiming of Jesus, what Jesus is asking us to follow him in is becoming powerless and empowering the powerless, creating health, wholeness, and healing. And um, the first week we did, um, that we started this Reclaim series, at the end in the discussion time, a lot of questions came up of how do I reclaim the Bible? How do I reclaim scripture? Um, Micah just said it uh, this morning. I say it all the time. Me and Sammy talk it all, about it all the time. Of, of this thing has been used to abuse and oppress, right? We have seen scripture be used uh, by the powerful to say, slaves, obey your masters. To say, women, you must be silent. To say, LGBTQ folks, you can't get married. You can't have these rights. This all came from scripture, and that's very painful. I think a lot of, of us in this room are working to reclaim that. Um, and so as I'm reading this um, passage, I'm remembering in my charismatic education, right, Everyone knows, or everyone knew in, in the tradition that, uh, that I was raised in, three times Jesus uses scripture to confront the temptation. Three times the devil tries to get Jesus, and he uses scripture. 
right? And we always use that, like, if you're under a temptation, you got to say the scripture three times, right? There's power in that, you know, but I'm reading it, and I'm, like, just now realizing, oh, also three times the devil used scripture to justify the temptations. How am I just now seeing this, right? And it goes back to what we say all the time here in New Abbey, that scripture is this this intimate narrative of God revealing God's self to humanity and humanity's responses, it is not a set of facts and figures. Because if you go about it as a set of facts and figures, then you have just as much evidence to justify the temptation as you do resisting it, and that's not helpful, right? If it's just a set of facts and figures, there are as many scriptures condoning slavery as there are condemning same-sex relationships. Okay, <laughs> right? Um, so that is something that needs to be reclaimed in all of us and reclaimed um, on a societal level. And I was, I was reading this and thinking about um, the, the ways in which I have been, my lens has been skewed in even reading scripture, right? Um, I had a friend tell me this was an awful thing to do to a human. I wasn't done reading Harry Potter, and, <laughs> and I had a friend tell me, she said, this is so bad. It's one of the meanest things anyone's ever done. She said, by the way, at the end of the book, Harry Potter wakes up. He's still under, in the cupboard under the stairs. It was all a dream, and none of it ever happened. <laughs> by the way, that's not how it ends. Um, I'm not going to say how it ends because I'm not a spoiler, but isn't that the worst case? Like, and she was like, yeah, and his life just still sucks. So, so I'm, I'm reading it, and I'm like, I'm just sad. So I'm like reading, and it's still obviously enjoyable because it's Harry Potter, but the whole time I'm reading it skewed of a lens of like, I guess this matters kind of. You know what I mean? Like, it's, a, it's all a dream. Imagine my anger when I get to the end, and that's not real. I was like, are you kidding? I went through book six only kind of affected by a thing that happened in there. I won't spoil it the way Corey does. Because I knew, like, yeah, okay. Died. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Um, it was an awful thing to do to a person. I would never do that to someone. Um, but that's, a, that's kind of the way I, I read scripture. Early on, someone told me, hey, this is the point of the thing. This is what you should get at it. This is how you read it. And as I'm reading it, the whole time I've been, okay, this kind of matters. Okay, this kind of means something. What do I do with this? Um, there are just a lot of parts I have to avoid because they clearly state um, slavery was okay, and I don't know how to reconcile that, so I'll just skip those parts and go to other parts. And there are all these things I have to dodge, and I'm reading it out of the skewed lens, and imagine my surprise when I realize that's not the point, right? Imagine now the way I get to sort of engage. Like, I missed an opportunity to experience Harry Potter and the way it was meant to be experienced that I won't get back because I can't read it for the first time again. And I'm not so bitter about this because it happened, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, Heather, if you're listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> which I'm certain she's not. Um, <laughs> she obviously doesn't love Jesus. Or she's a, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what if she is listening? 
Um, so anyways, I'm, she's a great person. The image of God is in her. Um, but I can't read that thing for the first time again, you know? I can't. It's gone. But what I can do is reclaim it and see it for the beautiful story it is. And now that I've gotten fresh perspective, that I've seen something that's true about it, I get to go back and experience it in a new way, and that's scripture for me. That is understanding uh, the fact. It's so beautiful to me that there is a passage in scripture that shows Jesus discerning the difference between appropriate and inappropriate uses of scripture. That's really important. We should see that. That should be a wake-up call to all of us to say, hey, the arc of this thing is moving towards health, wholeness, unity, peace, and love. And if you want to just fact-find, you'll probably be able to justify just as much as the devil did the temptation and the oppression. And you can justify a lot of things, but that is not the point. I am showing you, giving you an insight that says, hey, this is about giving up your power. So if someone is using this thing, this book, this holy thing to say, I'm going to be in power over you, Jesus is saying, hey, take a note, do some discerning. That's not what this is for. If this thing is making you feel powerful over someone else, take a, take a note from Jesus. That's probably not the point. And so as we read this, the whole thing is about God revealing God's self to humanity, humanity's response, and in that response is becoming powerless. It's saying, who around me can I divest some of this power to so that we may become equal, we may become healthy, there can be some healing and wholeness. Because like Her Majesty the Queen Beyonce says, <laughs> if we're going to heal, let it be glorious. Am I right? Um, and lemonade. And I would add, let it be together, right? If we're going to heal, let it be together. I was going over this sermon um, with Sammy, which is my favorite thing because she just has a different perspective of me. And so I'm saying all this, and I'm like, yeah, I'm reclaiming scripture, and we're going to heal, and we're going to do it together. And she's like, okay, but how? Like, what does that actually mean? <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, together. I don't know. Gloriously. Like, I don't know. What else do you want? Um, and she's like, no, like, practically, like, I don't read my Bible. Like, how would I? I don't like it. I'm like, yeah, you know, re- I don't know, reclaim it. I don't know, you know. Um, but but the, the, the idea of, of what she was saying, and as she was going, she was like, it'd be great if someone could share resources with me, or I'd love to talk to more people who are going through this, or what if we had a new Abbey place where we all could share resources, say, hey, I just read this book, I just read this article, um, and I love that idea. Because if we are going to heal, I think it is going to be glorious, and it is going to be together, and it is going to be in the sharing of our resources, both systemically, right? We have power. Your power is your dollar. Your power is your vote. Your power is your time. How you use that speaks volumes, right? What do you buy? Who do you support? Who do you spend time with? What are you giving your resources to? That is power that you could be divesting to someone who is more powerless and bring them up. And then if we are going to see the face of God uh, in, in, in God's image, not only in, in, this, in this scripture and in this this personal narrative of God revealing God's self, but if we're going to see it in the face of everyone that that is here and also in all of creation, then when we sit down uh, across the table from someone and have a conversation, we're sharing in that experience, right? We're experiencing God in a way. And so how do we begin to say, okay, if we're going to heal, it's going to be together. 
We're going to use our power where we can, but we're also going to get pieces that we are missing from the face of God by sitting across the table from people and asking them, how did you heal? What are you thinking? Not only what did you read, what is God saying? This is important. This is really important to say, I have to give up my power. I have to resist uh, the temptation to say, I am great and I want to be great and look at me and sit across from the table someone, from someone and say, you too? Do you need to reclaim scripture? Does this, I don't have it all together. Do you not either? How do we um, create health and wholeness and healing and love and peace together? That's the point of the whole thing. And so as we think about uh, Jesus' temptation, as we think about the own power narratives in our lives, there are people and places and things uh, that we are hopefully thinking about, right? So as, as a, as a <clears throat> queer woman of color, there are some places where I don't have a ton of power, right? But as someone who is um, educated and lives in a house and, you know, does certain things, I, I am very privileged, right, and powerful. And how do I hold those together? And how do I let the, the parts of me that feel oppressed not want to rise and get that power to oppress someone else, right? And even when I feel powerless because of where I am in life, how do I not oppress other people just with my words and with the way I interact with arguments because that feels, how do I heal that? And in the places where I am powerful, how do I divest that into someone who is more powerless? How do I give my resources and my time? How do I do that? And in the areas where I, I don't know, right? In the areas of, of scripture, in the areas of, of understanding this, this beautiful narrative that God has written, where I feel like someone has given me spoiler alerts that aren't real, how do I reclaim that with a community of people who are trying to do the same thing. Um, so, practically, um, before I go to the question, so I'm, I'm doing this for Sammy, so, uh, and people like Sammy in here are like, what does that actually mean? Um, practically, I think that means like, literally, like me saying, hey, I read What is the Bible by Rob Bell is really good. If you want to read it and talk about it and go to coffee, like, let's do it. Hey, there's a guy named Richard Rohr, and Corey and I basically read his books all week, every week. Um, and if you want some of those, you can borrow mine. If you want to grab a cup of coffee, if you want to meet someone after church and say, hey, if you want to post on our Facebook page a resource that you think has been helpful to you, let's do that, right? Because if we're going to heal, let's do it together. Um, okay, with that, we're going to get back in our groups um, and talk about this question. How can you take one step to use your power and privilege to reclaim the image of God in one specific person. So um, take a minute, and I just want to say out loud, if you're really thinking about something else, and that question is hard for you to think about, you could talk about that thing. Right? This is just like a guide, but if you have something else, you could talk about that too. So um, we're going to do just, before we get into groups, we're going to close our eyes, think about the question, think about whatever you're thinking about during that time. We're going to be silent before we get into groups here.
Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.